The views and opinions of today's broadcast are not necessarily the views and opinions of the TJRS radio network. Thank you for being a loyal listener and enjoy the show. Online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS radio network. He would throw all of them under the bus. Both of his sons, it's already been stated and reported that he would throw Don Jr. under the bus first before he'd throw Ivanka on the bus, uh, under the bus. And so, I, I, you know, because he's always had that infatuation with that, little, with that young lady, and it's really sad. Those teams can't be held accountable to anybody else but themselves. So until they get sued that they break up the NFL in an in a antitrust kind of way, then nothing's going to happen. So they do everything at all costs to not have discovery. He never spoke out against Trump. And, and Trump has been touting that same line that Pence could have done this, Pence could have done that. He is, not, he is not lightened up on that. He's been saying that since the beginning, and he's still going after Pence, and he's still saying this stuff. Why is Pence doing this now? You may write me down in history with your bitter twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust, I'll rise. Good morning and welcome to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show, the show where we discuss politics social issues affecting people of color, and every now and then a little comedy as well. Now here's your host, Jay Ryle. Thank you so much for the wonderful introduction, and good morning. It's the second Sunday of the month. It's the Sunday morning roundtable, and today is April 10th, 2022. After this morning's prayer, we'll get into the show. Can't wait to talk to you on the other side. Keep it right here. Online radio at its best. Father God, we just thank you and we praise you for this day, Lord God. We give you the glory, the praise, and the honor for this is truly the day in which you have made and we can rejoice and be glad in it, Lord God. Father, we thank you, O oh God, that we can come before you and make our requests known unto you, Lord God. We come before you, Lord God, on behalf of those that have submitted prayer requests in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for you know all, you see all, you're everywhere all at the same time. And God, we thank you that there is nothing that can happen on the face of this earth, O oh God, that catches you off guard or catches you by surprise. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus for you being a healer. We thank you for you being a deliverer, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that mother or that father, Lord, that's crying out on behalf of that child, whether they be sick, whether they're going wayward, Lord God. We thank you in the name of Jesus for you being the peace, you being the calm in the midst of a storm in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for you touching that body, Lord God, that may be Lord God, ailing in the name of Jesus. We thank you right now, oh God, for you showing up on the scene, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for you being the medicine, Lord God. You being that bomb in Gilead, oh God. Father, we thank you for you being that bomb here in the United States, that bomb abroad, Lord God. Wherever you are needed, God, we ask that you show up and show out. We ask, Lord God, that you arise and demonstrate your power in the name of Jesus. God, we give you the glory. We give you the praise, oh God, and we thank you, oh God, for allowing us to come before you in the name of Jesus. Amen. 
Welcome back in 347-850-1272. It is the serious side of the J. Ralph Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network. Of course, I'm J. Ralph. I never share the stage by myself. I'm in the house with the ladies. Let's say good morning to my big sis, Miss Vanessa Maybell. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you? Good morning, uh, Jay. How are you? Happy Palm Sunday to everyone. Absolutely. I am doing well, and I am so blessed, and I'm so grateful to share this stage with you on this beautiful Sunday. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Big Sis. You are so awesome. Jackie's in the house as well. Let's say good morning to her. Good morning, Jackie. How are you? I'm doing fine. How's everyone doing? It's fine, Jackie. Everyone is fine. Thank you so much for being here as well. Stelius is off this morning, and of course, Mr. Jerome is free. Usually joins us after his commitment for Clear Channel Radio. But until then, we hold it down. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. We were out last week. Uh, you know, my daughter uh, is playing uh, AAU basketball, so uh, there was a mix-up in the schedule, and Dad had to be there early. So. Unfortunately, uh, I had to get out there and do what dads do. So, But we're back in the house this week, and uh, we're so grateful and thankful for all the wonderful messages that I, uh, that we received, I should say, uh, during the past week. Everybody like, where the hell y'all at? <laughs> I don't know if that's uh, comforting, but uh, hey, we appreciate you for uh, 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 really caring about what we do and how we do it. You know how we do at the beginning of the show? We usually take this, what we call a point of personal privilege, just to talk about some things that, that who knows, uh, may or may not make the cut this morning, because it is the Sunday morning roundtable every second Sunday of the month. And so, um, you know, Vanessa, let me ask you something. This is a conversation that I had with... Uh, our dear brother, Mr. Elias, during the week. And we were talking about how, you know, there are proud, there are people, you know, obviously in times of need, folks want to reach out and help other people, right? And so we were having this conversation about men and, and you know, black men in particular. And we were talking about how proud black men usually don't want to take any handouts from anyone, Right. And so he asked my opinion, and I said, okay, my opinion is this, is that, look, I'm a firm believer that, you know, and I just speak for me, for example, if I got myself into a situation where I needed assistance, I promise you that I would try my best to figure it out before I reach out to anyone. I would damn near have to be homeless before I say something to somebody, because at the end of the day, it's all about trying to make a way out of no way. It's all about... You know, if I created this problem, I need to fix it. It is not fair for me to put my burdens on you. And so his response was, well, but you cannot block a person's blessings. And so that led to a whole different conversation. And so I said to Mr. Elias, I said, okay, well, first of all, before I tell you what I said to him, let me, give, let me get your thoughts on this. Can a per well, no, let me back up. Let me tell you what I said because it's not going to make any sense for you to answer the question. So my response to that was this. I said, wait a minute, man. I said, are you trying to tell me that if you try to do good by someone, right, you try to do the right thing, you try to do the godly thing, and that person doesn't accept it, you're trying to tell me God is not going to bless you because of somebody else's actions? I said, it just seems to me that that's giving man a lot of power, right? To say, well, if I try to give you something and you don't receive it, God's not going to bless me because you refuted 
the blessings that I try to bestow are the the thanksgiving or, you know, the good faith or the good deeds I try to show towards you. That being said, give me your thoughts on, you know, receiving blessings for doing for others. Okay. So when people say that, and I hear it all the time, don't block my blessings. You can't block someone's blessing because God is going to bless you regardless. So what that person is saying, because I have said it, is don't block my extra blessings. Because you get an extra blessing from God from doing something for you from your heart. And I believe that you get an extra blessing when you do something for somebody who can never do anything for you. And I say it all the time when I'm doing stuff for animals. They can't do anything for me. And so God gives you extra blessings, just like the Bible says, Jay, that you get extra blessings for doing what your parents doing right by your parents. So see, that person is right. You're not going to block it now. If you don't want to take it, I'm still going to be blessed because God knew in my heart that I wanted to do something for you. But people always say, don't block my blessing because the Holy Spirit or somebody told them to do something nice for you or whoever the person is. You know, God, right. the Holy Spirit is something to do it. You know, you don't just walk up and say, oh, here, let me help you do this. Uh-uh. It's something in you that tells you to stay away from somebody. It's something in you that tells you to help somebody. And you do get uh, extra blessings from them. You get extra blessings. Interesting. Interesting you said that. Now, I'm going to tell you what, because I'm going to tell you something. Because in the middle of our conversation, my bishop called. Now, he was calling about something completely different. But I asked him the question. But I'll tell you what he said. That was amazing that he called, you know, during, you know, he and I were going, you know how we go. We go back and forth. And so, in the bishop, I said, man, let me put you on hold because my bishop's calling me right now. I'm going to ask him. Ask him. Ask him. So, I'll tell you what the bishop said here in a second. But I, I, I'm with you, Vanessa, on the extra blessings piece. Now, I didn't look at it as an extra blessing, but I did say that man does not have the ability to block blessings from God. If God wants to bless you, how can I tell God, oh, well, I'm not going to accept the blessing, so don't bless him? I, it just didn't make any sense to me. Jackie, give me your thoughts on this. Uh, well, I mean, it gets to the point where, you know, if, you know, if I offer you something and you don't want to take it for whatever reason. I mean, what I'm going to do, do, force you to take it? And then, I mean, I, all I can do is offer. You know, as long as we extend the olive branch, you know, it's up to the other person whether they want to take it or not. We don't have nothing to do with you, your decision of whether you want to take it or not. All I can do is offer. Now, if you don't take it, it's, you know, okay. I mean, just the blessing is in the offering. The offering. Huh. You know, wow. Where I look at it, I can't, I can't control what you do. All right. I can do is from my end. I, my end, I can offer it to you. Right. Now, you, I don't have no control over you and what you do. See, the right. blessing is in the offering. Huh. So I wish that clown was here to hear that. So, okay, so you sounds like you ladies agree with me, right? It, it sounds like you guys are saying that as long, and this is what I said to him, I said, listen, I said, so if you offer the blessings to the person or offer, you know, to help someone out, and if they don't, they say, hey, thanks, but no thanks, God is going to bless you for the thought 
It's not going to bless you. He's not going to withhold blessings from you because someone didn't decide to take your offer. I just didn't think so. Now, let me tell you what my bishop said, which caught me completely off guard. He told me, basically, he agreed with Mr. L.E.S. And he said his reasonings for this was that, you know, because, you know, Bishop is a lot older than I am. And he talked about how older people would always tell him that. And I was like, wow, I didn't think, you know, I was like, wow, I mean, I'm going to the authority to try to find out what this all means. And so it was interesting for him to come down on the side, even though he said some of the things that we, that we just discussed. But he was coming down on the side of Mr. Elias that, hey, you don't want to block a person's blessings. But he did go on to say about the other things, but you don't want to block a person's blessings. And, and I, and I, I thought about that. I don't know. See, he didn't. Well, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't say that. That's the. That's the part. When you said extra, I said ooh. And so I don't know when he was explaining it another way. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. Maybe when he was. mm -hmm. The thought. Did he say Say that? What now? What? He said we were gonna be blessed just for the thought. Well, he he didn't say it like that, but he said it in a way. That's the way I interpreted it. But he didn't use the term extra blessings. And that when I tell you, I, that's a man that knows that Bible back and forth. So I'm a little surprised. And I'm going to revisit this with him you know, at some point after the show and tell him, hey, you know, this is what we talked about on the show. And let me, you know, tell you what, you know, my folks are saying and, and you know, and, and see where it goes. I hope, you know, I don't know what time Pastor Steve kicks in on the show. I don't know if he comes in at the very beginning or, you know, sometime during the show because I know Sunday's a work day for the pastor. But I'd love to hear his take on this as well. Uh, interesting, interesting, interesting. Um, well, thank you, ladies. I, I appreciate you guys engaging in this conversation with me. Um Interesting to say the least. All right, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. We're gonna step out. It's time for an NPR news update. And on the other side, uh, just to keep the order, I'll take the first topic since Miss Elias is not here, and then Vanessa and Jackie will follow subsequently. And, and if and when Jerome pops in, he'll jump in as well. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It is time for us to step out. Take a quick break. NPR news update. It's the Sunday morning roundtable. It's a beautiful Sunday morning. It's Palm Sunday. I tell you what, a lot going on. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. Live from NPR News, I'm Giles Snyder. After weeks of pleading for heavier weapons in the fight against Russia, Ukraine is receiving a Soviet-era air defense system. NPR's Nathan Roth reports on a potential shift in the six-week-old conflict. The Soviet-era S-300 air defense unit was given to Ukraine by Slovakia. Slovakia, in turn, will receive a Patriot air defense system from the U.S. Meanwhile, Britain announced it will provide 120 armored vehicles and anti-ship missiles to Ukraine's armed forces. The moves to supply Ukraine with heavier weapons come as Russia prepares to launch another offensive. This one focused in the country's east, where fighting has continued since Russia invaded more than six weeks ago. Troops and equipment for both countries are positioning themselves, and Ukrainian officials are urging residents of eastern Ukraine to leave while they still can. 
Nathan Rott, NPR News, Key. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky says Ukraine is preparing for an important battle in the East, but he told the AP this weekend that Ukraine should not lose sight of a diplomatic solution to the war, even as he renewed pleas for more weapons ahead of that expected surge in fighting in Ukraine's East. Britain's Interior Minister has apologized for a significant delay to the issuance of UK visas for Ukrainians. Villa Marks reports from London on the latest data showing just a fraction of applicants have arrived in Britain so far. New data shows just 12,000 out of the 80,000 Ukrainian applicants for UK visas have arrived in Britain, while other European nations have accepted hundreds of thousands of refugees. Interior Minister Priti Patel has apologized with what she called frustration for her department's failures to speed up the application process, which has led to complaints from British families hoping to host refugees. Former President Donald Trump has endorsed Dr. Mehmet Oz in Pennsylvania's Republican Senate primary. Many Republicans in the crowded field have been vying for Trump's support, as NPR's Maria Andrusevich reports. In a statement released Saturday night, Trump offered his, quote, complete and total endorsement of Dr. Oz, giving special weight to the candidate's experience as a television personality. Oz won Trump's favor over a crowded Republican field that includes David McCormick, whose wife worked in the Trump administration. During Trump's time in office, he appeared on the Dr. Oz show to discuss his physical, with Oz praising Trump's good health. In his endorsement, Trump mentions that Oz has degrees from prestigious schools and has written several New York Times bestsellers. But Oz's career has also been marred by questionable endorsements and false assertions, including that hydroxychloroquine was useful in treating COVID. Maria Andrusevich, NPR News, Washington. On the Democratic side in the race for Toomey seat, Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman is locked in a tight race against Congressman Connor Lamb. The retiring Senator Toomey was one of seven Republicans who voted to convict Trump following the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. This is NPR News. Online radio at its best. After police quietly unlocked this Minneapolis apartment, then startled and killed Amir Locke, who was under a blanket, sleeping on a couch, and reached for his gun. Today, state officials announced the officer who fired his weapon, Mark Hanneman, will face no criminal charges. To charge a case like this would simply be wrong. After a two-month review and now the promised release of all body cameras, including Hanneman, investigators say the officer followed the law after video shows Locke holding his registered gun aimed toward Hanneman, though his finger was not on the trigger. Hanneman told investigators, I felt if I did not use deadly force, I would likely be killed. It would be unethical for us to file charges in a case in which we know that we will not be able to prevail. As protests erupted after the shooting, police came under intense scrutiny for killing the 22-year-old, who was not a suspect in their case, while executing a no-knock warrant, a practice now banned in the city. This is not over. You may have been found not guilty, but in the eyes of me, being the mother who I am, you are guilty. Calling his killing an execution, Locke's family, who is still pursuing a civil case, says what happened today is just another police cover-up.
Welcome in 347-850-1272. Uh, the Minneapolis police officer who fairly shot an unarmed 22-year-old uh, black man doing a SWAT raid in early February will not be charged with the crime. Um, you know, it's hard to, to say those words based on Minneapolis's history. Obviously, this is the place where George Floyd was murdered. Um, and District Attorney uh, Keith Ellison, who was hailed as a hero during the uh, Floyd trial, is now being uh, really criticized for the fact that the DA's office will not bring charges against this officer. Now, one of the things that uh, the Attorney General said was uh, they couldn't in good faith initiate charges on a case that they know they'd lose. So it may be a situation where they're looking at the greater good versus, you know, if you start this trial, then all of a sudden, you know, these people, this guy is acquitted, then what type of unrest uh, with the city uh, experience at that point? Let's start the conversation right there. You know, Vanessa, this sounds like a broken record. You know, it's like we can say an unarmed uh, black man was shot, fill in the blank. You can use a number of names uh, in, in these types of situations. But, you know, when we look at this, and I try to look at this through two different viewpoints. I really and truly do, right? I try to look at it from the perspective of the officer, once they breached or entered the apartment, there's a young man on the couch. Uh, this young man reaches for a weapon. And so I try to put myself in the officer's shoes saying that, oh, my God, if he's pulling a weapon, then I ha- it's all, you know, it's, it's like, hey, the old saying, I'd rather be judged by 12 than carried by six. I'm going to open fire because it's my life and his life, regardless of the circumstances, uh, surrounding why I was in that particular situation, you know, it's the survival of the fittest. That's one viewpoint that I try to look at it from. Then the other viewpoint I try to look at it from is this, in which most Americans are looking at it from as well. Here's a young man that was sleeping his, sleeping on the couch. He didn't know that the cops were coming. He wasn't the subject of the search warrant. And so, like any person that may be living in a neighborhood that's not so good, I remember staying with my friend on the southwest side, and I used to sleep on his couch, and I had my pistol laying on the coffee table because of where he stayed. And, um, you know, if somebody would have broken out of the apartment, I would have reacted the exact same way. So but here's where I have a problem with what happened. The fact that those officers were there, they weren't supposed to be there in the first place. So they created the situation of putting themselves in, well, I'm not going to say they shouldn't have been there. This is hard for me, right, because they did have a warrant, but a no-knock warrant. And, I, I, you know, they've been banned now. But the fact that of the matter is they use these things, and if there's innocent people in the house, then innocent people are going to react like anyone else would. You're kicking in the door in the middle of the night. I don't know what's going on. I'm going to protect myself. So give me your thoughts on this case, Vanessa, and, and let's just think about it, and let's try to give it justice by really looking at it from all viewpoints, and let's see if we can 
you know, obviously we can't come up with a solution because, you know, we're not involved in that process, but we do have people that listen to us. And I want to make sure that we give them a full thought. You know, we, we really look at this thing through all angles to make sure that we're putting out information that's going to be beneficial to our audience. Right. Right. I told Aubrey. So let me say that when I think of this, my mind immediately goes to Brianna. Right. Landed her bed, just got off work. It also makes a black woman who was a social worker, just got off work. They broke into her house. She was naked. They didn't want to give her any clothes. One of the officers yep. threw something to assist her. Makes me think about this. These are people yep. that were in their own. You got the guy who was sitting at the table eating ice cream and the police officer in Dallas. She came into the wrong yep. apartment and killed him. I said, you know what? These are just off the top of my head, and I ain't even had all my coffee. So it sickens me. It yep. really does. And I think that every state should block having these no-knock warrants, that they should not exist. I also think that though the officers are not charged, money cannot bring back your child. Right. But because the city who uh, gave the wrong address for the warrant and they knocked on that door in the first place, the officers might not be found guilty, but the per- the judge who signed that warrant of that state mm. should be in trouble for mm. that. And that I would well, let, me, let me ask you this. That, let me, let me ask you this, Vanessa. Go ahead. Go ahead. Just to finish it, I would sue the city because the judge is the one who signed that warrant on the wrong address. So I would sue the city. And if enough people keep suing cities because somebody's signing off on the wrong warrant, they're going to stop doing it. I don't know. Well, first of all, let me make sure. Well, l- l- let me get some clarity here because I don't think it was the wrong address. The, the Brianna, the Brianna Taylor situation, I think, was the actual wrong address. I think they well, had. The yeah, that was a, of the well, black lady who was naked was the wrong well, address because one. it was the apartment next door. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, I'm talking about, yeah, I, I hear you, but what I'm saying is in this situation, I don't think it's the wrong address, even with the Breonna Taylor situation. You know, I watch enough of these shows where U.S. Marshals and stuff, so when they're trying to track a suspect, they pull addresses that, known addresses that the suspect frequents, and usually when it happens, they have like three teams, and so they try to hit all three addresses at one time to make sure that this person that they're looking for um, is either they can either find this individual or to make sure that if they hit the wrong address, people from that address can't call where this person could possibly be and tell them to leave. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to put a dragnet in place, and they're trying to hit all the known addresses for this individual uh, to try to catch them. <clears throat> so so that, 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 you, that is that the reason why. The hmm? right. But that doesn't give you the right to come and kick my door down and shoot me because I wake up out of a sleep and hear somebody coming in and I and I go for my gun. That doesn't right, give me see, the right because right, y'all use old addresses. You're right. Well, it's not. I don't know if it's a situation where they're using old addresses. I think what it is is you know once again if it's got to be an old address. If the person they're looking for isn't there, 
but 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 Vanessa, what what I'm saying is is that they use addresses that are frequented by this person. Yeah, in some cases it may be an address where they used to live. You know, if a person lived from apartment to apartment, they're just trying to. You know, it may be a girlfriend's address. It could be a relative's address that people say okay, so that you know he you know Pookie could be at. But Jay, it sounds like you're kind of justifying. I'm not trying to. No, no. I'm not talking no. about the young Jay. I'm not talking about the young man that you're talking about. I'm talking about this happening to people. Period. No, I agree. I'm not trying to justify anything. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to make sure that as we have these discussions, we put out all the information. So then when people what? make their own decisions, so so I'm not what? trying to justify anything. This, what I'm saying is. is my, this is just my thought on the matter. I'm not a judge, but my thought is somebody okay. is signing a warrant for 6519 Town Square Street. Somebody signed right. that. Somebody's signing that warrant. But if Vanessa lived at 6519 Town Square Street three years ago or six months ago and y'all decide to go in there, why can't you go like the constables here in Houston and knock on the door? for that person and serve them versus kicking the door in. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know because, so once I'm again, just, I don't know the so circuit. I don't know. Jay, I'm just doing these IMOs, They're kind of, in my opinion. So that's all I'm doing, Jay. And I'm just throwing no, no. I'm just throwing stuff in, in the mix to make people think. I just right. want people to no. think. We know that they're doing it. I want folks to think, Jay. Why can't they just right, right. knock on the door? Right. No, no. Unless that person well, is wanted for murder. Well, I think, and once again, this is just me speaking. I don't know for I don't know for a reason. I'm just, you know, based on my, you know, uh, you know, I used to be in the military. You know, I used to be, you know, sometimes we had to do tactical training. We had to do uh, urban warfare training, which meant who have retired okay. and and they serve warrants. Like my next door neighbor wasn't even a constable, uh, and when he retired from the medical center. He took a part-time job serving warrants. Okay, well, but so, but Vanessa, I, I think I, that we we have to look at this thing, Vanessa. I mean, I think that it really depends on the person that they're looking for. That that determines what type of warrant that they execute. I think there are some warrants where they knock on the door and say, "Hey, police, we're going in." But I don't know. I don't know. I have to do some research on that. I don't know. I think a, a no-knock warrant is a warrant on someone who is extremely dangerous, and they want to take the element of surprise. Anytime you are engaged in tactical, you know, especially from... They're killing people by accident and saying, oh, no, it's well, like, yes, I, 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 I hear what you're saying. I'm not trying... Okay, I'm not trying to. I'm not. I'm not trying to uh, say that your opinion is not important. I listen. I understand exactly what you're saying. And looking at it from the outside in, that's you know, people may ask questions why people do certain things from a tactical perspective. All I'm trying to do is add the reason why, from a tactical perspective, people may do what they do. Now, it may not make sense to the average civilian. But, you know, there are reasons sometimes for people to do things. You know, like I said, I have to go back and I'll do it. I'll try to, you know, get back with the audience during this show. Or if you're listening, go just Google. I think the reason why they have no-knock warrants is because of if it's a person that's extremely dangerous, then they, you know, the element of surprise you when you're in touch. Don't you think that somebody should sit outside 
the apartment or the house and make sure that that person is coming and going, Jay, before they just bust the, in? Well, yes. Yeah. That, that's the reason, Vanessa, that's the reason why that address came up in most cases, that during their police work, people have said, you know, we've seen him at this address in the, in the last three weeks. He's been here four or five times. That's why those, you know, that's why, and I'm not saying that this is what happened here. I'm saying that when I, you know, the U.S. Marshal, when they go and apprehend fugitives, they usually go through this process of where they try to identify the last few places in the last six months this person has frequent. And this is through interviews. This could be through a police informant. They say, yeah, you know, we saw Jay. Jay goes to this IHOP every day, you know, from whatever to whatever. So you try to cover all your bases. Yeah, I'm pretty they, – I don't think they just – they just don't – oh, here, well, let's look in the phone book. Here's where, you know, Jay was lad. We Oh, yeah, let's – okay, let's go here. Or we pull up his okay, history, so I guess that kind of his real history. Well, that's not justifying why they're killing of, people. It's not justifying, but it kind of gives them the right, and that's why they're not getting in trouble for it. Well, I think that, well, there you go. Well, I think there you go about that. That's the problem. See, that's my dilemma is because had you not been in that, you know, in, in the case of this young man, Locke, it's hard to say because the person that they were, I guess he was at the apartment of the person that they were looking for. And, you know, and so when you bust in there, it's almost like, you know, and I hate to say this, Jackie, I really do, but it's like in war, you know, this, what we call collateral damage. And, and like, for example, not too long ago, the U.S. was trying to find a suspect and all the intelligence led them to this house and they bombed that house and that house didn't have a dang old thing to do with uh, the people that they were looking for. And they killed innocent people. And it's like, you know, we're sorry. I mean, a death is something that you just can't get back. That's a mistake that cannot be reversed. And like Vanessa said, all the money in the world is not going to bring that person back. So it's really, it's just one of those situations where you say to yourself, God dang it, you know, what do you do? How, how do you resolve it? How can we fix it? Or is there a fix? Or is it just the fact that if you are, you know, if you're visiting someone, like, like me, for example, I, I give you a prime, I give you, this happened to me yesterday, dear friend of mine used to work with her uh, a few years back. She sent me, I hadn't talked to her in years. She sent me an invitation to attend a birthday party. Now, I didn't look it up. I put it in my GPS, but I didn't look it up and see where it took me. So when I got to going, I was like, uh-oh. And, and, it, and it took me into a neighborhood that was, uh, <laughs> even though they had just built it, it was like, okay. I mean, mm. so I said to myself, I'm going in here, <laughs> and I'm going to stay. I'm going to drop off a card. I'm going to say happy birthday. I'm going to take a couple of pictures, and I'm up out of here because, you know, her, her son got killed a, a few years back. And, and you know, the bottom line is that I say to myself, you know, self-preservation is the goal. I, once I got in that, I, once I really, I said, wait a minute. And I looked at the address. I said, oh, my God, you know, because I was leaving one place going to another. I said, Ugh. And so for me, I said, let me get out of here because I don't want to be in there. And then when I pulled up, you know, the young folks in the garage, they were there smoking weed and stuff. I said, oh, no, I got to get up out of here. But the, the, the people, you know, my age, law-abiding citizens, they all were in the house. And, you know, they were just, it was an all-white party. We had a good time. But I didn't stay long because I didn't want nobody driving through there saying, uh-oh, hey, that, that, that joke was over at Salt House. Let's get them. You know, so I said, oh, I don't want to be nowhere around this. But 
there is a thing called collateral damage, Jackie, and sometimes people get caught up in that. I know folks don't want to hear it, but it, it that it is that that happens, right? I mean, our justice system. I mean, we need to try to reform it, but you know, there are things about the justice system when it comes to taking these deadly people off the street. You know, it's the good with the bad, right? Give me your thoughts on it, real quick. Uh, yeah. Um. <laughs> Um, yeah, the no not warrant. What did you say they do that for people who are they deem extremely dangerous? Well, I think. I mean, I'm going to try to look it up during the anyway. The purpose of that. Yeah, go ahead. What'd you say? (laughs) That's what they think about black people anyway, right? Yeah. Mm. So (laughs) there, there you go. I mean, it's, I, I just know there's other races. I'm, I'm just trying to figure out. Looking at you, no, not, no, not warrants. I'm just curious. Just curious. What'd you say, Jackie? I ain't got nothing else to say. All right, well, we'll leave it there. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. During the break, I'm going to try to go and look up and see, uh, you know, the justification for no, no, not warrant. Like I said, my experience. Most of it comes from watching U.S. Marshals, <laughs> you know, and it's a reality show, but, you know, obviously it follows law, law enforcement. And so I know that I watch, I'm intrigued by that stuff. The last 48, I mean, the first 48, I watch that stuff when I get the chance religiously. Plus, a little bit of my military background is mixed in there as well. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. We're going to stop out and take a break. Um, well, actually, we're not going to stop out and take a break. You know what time it is. It's Kavina time. Um, so I want to, this week's story, you know, we talk about everyone's been spending time, you know, focusing on uh, the coronavirus, and absolutely, it it has warranted our undivided attention. But, however, before the coronavirus arrived, uh, there were other things that were out there that we had to be worried about. And one thing that was out there that we need to be worried about and we had to fight was the bird flu. Now, a newly arrived bird flu is sweeping through wild bird, wild bird populations in the United States. Uh, that may mean trouble for poultry former farmers who have been doing their best to control this flu outbreak in their flocks. Now, you guys remember this, right? Now, so far, 24 million Poultry birds, like chickens and turkeys, have already been lost, either because they died from the virus or were killed to prevent it to spread. Remember, this happened a long time ago. So there are a lot of things that are going on in this country, and there are a lot of viruses and things that we have to pay attention to. So in this week's edition of Four Minutes Less, something that you need to know, we're going to listen to this story. And, uh, you know, be on the lookout. Things are still going on. The coronavirus is not the only daily disease out there affecting Americans. It's convenient, Don. In four minutes or less, something that you need to know. Some 24 million birds in the U.S. have died from a bird flu virus this year, either directly or as a result of culling to prevent its spread. Unlike previous avian flus, this one is affecting wild birds also, and that could keep the virus in circulation for a long time, NPR's Neil Greenfield Voice reports. The last time a deadly new bird flu showed up here seven years ago, it really hit poultry farms. 
In 2014-2015, we saw, I think, somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 million domestic poultry affected. Brian Richards says that virus didn't infect many wild birds. This time, it's different. We've got wild bird detections in 32 states. Richards is the Emerging Disease Coordinator at the U.S. Geological Survey's National Wildlife Health Center. He says this virus came across the Atlantic a few months ago, probably carried by migratory birds. It can kill some waterfowl, but I think there's pretty clear evidence that some waterfowl likely are not affected by it, and therefore they're perfect transport mechanisms for taking it very long distances. Since this virus arrived, it's killed birds that belong to more than 40 species, mostly ducks and geese, but also scavengers like black vultures and bald eagles that presumably eat the carcasses of birds killed by the virus. David Stalneck is a bird flu researcher with the University of Georgia. He says there have been large die-offs of ducks in Florida and snow geese in the Midwest. This outbreak in the wild bird population is a lot more extensive than we saw in 2014-2015. Just a lot more birds appear to be affected. So far, he hasn't seen indications that any species will lose so many birds that it will become threatened. But the spread of this virus in wild birds suggests that this outbreak may not burn itself out like the last one did. Ron Foucher is a flu expert at Erasmus Medical Center in the Netherlands. There's a chance that the virus will stick around and this will become a long-term problem. He says that's what this virus has done in Europe, where it arrived a few years ago and never left. It's been causing massive die-offs in wild birds and continues to strike poultry flocks, resulting in the deaths of more than 17 million poultry birds since December. Foucher says there's only been one known human infection, a farmer in the United Kingdom who lived in close quarters with ducks that got this flu. That person tested positive but didn't have any symptoms. We haven't seen any other farmers or veterinarians or other people being infected. Still, since this bird flu arrived in the United States, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has been keeping a close watch. Todd Davis works on animal-to-human diseases at the agency. He says bird flu viruses related to this one have sickened and even killed people during past outbreaks in other countries. That's why public health officials here have been monitoring the health of more than 500 people in 25 states who've had contact with sick or dead birds because humans have no prior immunity to these viruses typically, if they were to be infected and spread the virus to other humans, then we could have another pandemic virus on our hands. And so that's our primary concern. Besides testing any people who show flu-like symptoms, they're also closely tracking genetic changes in the virus, looking for anything that would suggest it might become more of a threat to people. Nell Greenfield-Boyce, NPR News. Online radio. Welcome back in 347 You're listening to the serious side of the J-Rod Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network. Online radio at its best. It's 43 minutes after the hour. It's the Sunday morning roundtable where our panelists bring their topics to the table. And uh, 
as we continue to follow natural order. Ms. Daly has off this morning, but uh, usually at this time, Vanessa is on the clock. So, Vanessa, what will we be talking about during the next 15 minutes or so? Okay. What's on your mind? What we're going <laughs> So, this is for uh, ladies and some gentlemen because it does happen. I have been a licensed hairstylist. I still hold my license for over 20 years. I owned a salon with my husband, which was a black and white salon called Salt and Pepper, for almost 10 years. So, I don't want to get into the Will Smith thing today because I'm sure Jay's going to bring that topic up another day. I uh, No, I'm not. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, whatever. I want to talk about alopecia. Alopecia okay. is what... Jada has where she is bald-headed. Okay, so we're going to go back in time. Do you remember when girls had no hair around the side where it was real, real thin? Mine was real, real thin when I was young. I barely had hair around the side. My sister called me B-A-E. I used to cry, ball around the edges. But you know what it was? Okay. It was alopecia. You know how men or guys had thin hair in their head, in their head, and you were like, oh, "Okay, he's going bald at an early age." Alopecia. And you know how um, when older people would be sickly, whatever they say, they got sugar. Now it's called diabetes. So I say all of that to say, alopecia has been around since I can remember, and probably if you think back to your sisters. They, you'll see that some of them, a cousin, had thinning hair. Alopecia is an immune disease. But, honey, all it is is just that your hair is just thinning, that uh, you're becoming bald in certain areas. My next-door neighbor wears a wig. She's, young. She's like 49 or 50, 49, I think. She's been wearing a wig for the last two or three years because she has alopecia. Uh, my husband's, one of his best friends, we've been married 40 years in September, one of his best friends keeps his head shaved because he has what we now call alopecia. And ever since I've met him, that was 40 years ago, his head was bald. So then we have a congresswoman um, of Massachusetts. Her name is Donna Presley. She's a representative. She's a beautiful black woman. She's been wearing her head bald for the last three or four, five years since I didn't realize who she was. And she's beautiful. Cry over, say, oh, my gosh, she alopecia. No. It's not that serious. It's just not. And some people can afford to have custom wigs made if that is their decision to do so. Or just like cancer patients here, because we live in the capital of cancer in the world, me and Jay do over here at the medical center. So, I, you know, I know people who have donated wigs so that people can get wigs and stuff made. So I say this to say, alopecia is not something that you necessarily joke about if you know that person has it because it hurts their feelings. All have gotten our feelings hurt about something somewhere in our life. Somebody has said something that embarrassed us in front of a lot of people about us, but we didn't go to an extreme and do 
assault. I didn't assault anybody who called me B-A-E, or, you know, or I'm sure my neighbor next door has not assaulted somebody. So I'm just saying alopecia has been around for a long, long time, y'all, a long time. I have a form of it because my sides are extremely thin and always have been. So I used, like, I was so glad when they came out with black-colored gels, I didn't know what to do to cover up mine. So I'm just saying alopecia is not something that you can just – I understand people who have it. You know, I'm not bald. Well, I kind of was because I cut my hair almost very, real low. So, But I'm just saying it's just not – something that you just oh my god I just feel so sorry it's it's not enough to lose millions and millions of dollars about it's so my topic of the day is alopecia and how to deal with it and we have always dealt with it as black women we just didn't have a name for it but if you think back about it We've all had it, and we all have some form of it, not what they're making it out to be. They're just not. So I'm not bald, so no, I'm not trying to to say I know how they feel. I don't because I've been able to cover mine. But then I'm not, uh, you know, rich and going to cry about it or get my feelings hurt about it. I'm just a black woman that keep it moving with all my sickness and alopecia. And, And let me tell you, alopecia comes from, it's an autoimmune disease, but a lot of this stuff is based on stress. It's based on stress in your life. So as a kid, you might be saying, well, how did she have stress in her life as a kid? Well, actually, I had a ulcer as a child the size of a saucer. Tell me why I was worried as a child, say, in the third grade. I don't know. But I had some issues being worried about something. So you don't know what's going on with people. You don't know what's going on with them, and I ain't trying to tell. I'm not justifying somebody getting slapped about alopecia at all because alopecia has just been around so long, so long, and you don't even know it. Some people keep their hair cut short because they know they have it, and that's just the way that they cover it. Some people get bald at an early age. It's alopecia. It's just that we're just coming out with a name with it. Like people who got dementia or Alzheimer's, they're like, oh, they just getting old. Now all of a sudden it's Alzheimer's and dementia. They put a name to it. So folks, you know, pick your battles and losing millions and millions of dollars about something that's been around forever in a day, but because you rich, you don't want nobody to say nothing about it. Just doesn't make sense to me, but okay. All righty, that's my topic, Jay. Well, uh, I, I take it's uh, no. I'm here. It's just uh, I don't know where to start because obviously I'm not a black woman, and uh, as far as no, but black men, you know, have it. yeah. Well, I, okay, then move to what Miss Jackie's got to say. Mine is just a public service announcement to people because I know what it is and I know how long it's been around. And if people just stop and think about it, they'll think about, oh, my cousin Geneva. She had a spot in her head, and I didn't know why that spot was in her head. Okay. Alopecia. Okay. Well, Jackie, let me let you jump in on this then. Well, um, well, definitely I can tell you um, it's something that that's something my mother suffers from, 
she has that. And um, but uh, bottom line, uh, <laughs> we know that is it worth losing uh, millions and millions of dollars for Jackie? Is it worth losing? Uh, no, no, no. Let me finish. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, uh, but uh, of course not. We know that it was some like emasculating stuff he was on, and that's what that was about. Where he, you know, and you know, you got to wonder where all that comes from. In fact, I don't think she helped it any. So, uh, so uh, yeah, of course it wasn't worth it. He. Over that was an overreaction. That was an overreaction, and then still, uh, I don't know whether Chris knew about whether she had it or not. Nevertheless, it does just put a caution to you know certain jokes that you make. You know, it, it just puts a caution in your spirit whether you should make certain jokes. You know, although him and Jada have a history, but he may not know specifically about that. I don't know. I don't. I don't know whether he knew about it or not. But it just puts a caution on both sides. To the comedians, put a caution as about what jokes that you tell. You know, especially if you know what certain things people suffering from or whatever. And then on the other side, overreaction. Clearly that was a big overreaction. You know, he he was in a different space with that. That was really about him. I feel more so than, (laughs) you know, I think he's just been having, going through his own stuff and feeling not so manly and, you know, certain things takes the cake and that joke that joke took the cake. It, he snapped. But he laughed, Jackie. He laughed. I said he looked out at Jada's face. Uh, well, well, I don't know. It, it's some stuff going on in that, you know, with the whole family. That but do you remember alopecia, Jackie? Jackie, do you remember people in school when you were younger or at your church when you were younger? They might have been thin around the sides or had a, like a spot in their head. So do you remember anybody? Because I do, and I have it. I mean, so I just thought I was a black child didn't have no hair around the sides because rubber bands were pulling them. But, but now it's a name. So do you think back and say, you know what? I had a cousin that didn't really have hair on the side. I mean, do you think back and probably know somebody that had it and it just didn't have a name? Okay, I'm looking for an empty Oh, I'm, I'm, well, I'm sure of it. I'm, I'm sure of it. But, uh, but, yeah, it was just, you know, definitely on Will's part, it was an overreaction. You, you didn't have to take it there. <laughs> and like I said, uh, it, it, it didn't have to go there, you know. It's caution, like I said, caution on both sides of the equation. Let's be, let's be a little more careful about the jokes tell in the future. And, you know, you know, don't let 
things get the best of you where, you know, really count the court costs about what you what your actions is gonna result in. Yeah, because it's really good will. Um, I really wasn't talking about will, but since you want to bring will up, it really is going to cost uh, will because they're pulling some of his productions and um, some of his backers are calling a meeting to decide if they're going to pull him out, pull him out of the movies, but not continue on with some things that they had going with him. So I've been trying to keep up with it in case Jay did talk about it, but since Jay ain't going to talk about it, then um, let's just say. Y'all doing a pretty good job of talking about it. (laughs) Y'all talking about it. Y'all go ahead and have it. (laughs) Go ahead. Knock yourself Uh, out. Okay. I will because I have been keeping up with it because I thought maybe you would talk about it. But alopecia is a serious thing, just seeing what my mother has suffered through with it. So, yeah. uh, so, if you uh, have alopecia but, uh, with money, Jackie, are you there? Yeah, I'm still here. Say that one more time. If you have alopecia, it's different, Jackie, than having alopecia as a regular person and alopecia as a millionaire. Because as a millionaire. If somebody suffering from something, somebody's suffering from something, all the money in the world ain't. <laughs> You know, well, no, but all the I, money in the world. But it can, Jackie, if you are worried about what people say, you can go and get the prettiest wigs in the world made because you are rich where a regular black person or a regular person, period, can't do it. So having money does make a difference. And I really don't even feel too sorry about that with Will because Will was laughing and then he looked over at Jada, and Jada turned her head, and then he went up there, and he wanted to do that with Chris, and then he wanted to cuss from the audience. So all of that, regardless if somebody is suffering, it does not uh, account for all of that. And, and I mean, but, we, have, we have had black hairspray put on people's scalp. At my beauty shop, when they had alopecia to cover it up, people have, oh, it's just thinning. It's not thinning. It's alopecia. So we use black hairspray. We use silver hairspray. And we use a nude colored hairspray on some of the white people. So we have we dealt with that. And I was just, I've been gone 23 years from the industry. So I mean, I'm just but saying. I, yeah, I think, I'm not. I feel sorry for people who have it. I'm not diminishing what people who have it. I'm just saying it's not worth we up in the lose niggas and bitches out in the So I will say, I will say this. If Will was going to be mad, and, and guys, please, who's listening, I'm sure Will, Jace is going to get all kind of emails, but if Will wants to be mad about something, it wouldn't have been mad about him talking about Jada with alopecia. Will should have been mad when he sat at the round table and Jada told him that she was sleeping with his best friend's 29-year-old friend. So if you're going to be mad, that's what you should have been mad about. And I don't know why people think that Chris Rock can keep up with Jada and Will and what diseases she got because they got so much la- dirty laundry out there about their sex life that can't nobody keep up with them? Can't nobody keep up with them? Yes, can't nobody keep up with the And I can agree with you there because I would be giving Jada more the side eye because, you know, 
<laughs> and she didn't necessarily do anything. She didn't necessarily do anything to stop him, did she? In fact, I mean, cause, I mean, come on, your natural response, I think, as a wife, because you should be covering each other. You know, I would ask a wife, grab him and say, don't you dare do this now. Uh-uh. Stay in your seat. And, and I would have stopped him. And that's then what, what they say, and then what they say. I'm so, so proud of Will to finish his wife. I would have stopped, like, sit your butt down in that chair. I would have stopped him. But what did Jada do when, when he left him and Will was coming back Jada last? But it's okay because we're going to pay for that. And then when they said when he went up for the ward, people were standing. Well, guess who wasn't? Guess who wasn't standing? So, <laughs> I, I, you know, so I do give her the side eye because you think maybe she knew that, you know, just give him yeah, that lovely look and he, and he was going to hop to it. But any normal yeah. wife wouldn't have had her husband do that. She would have yep. tried to stop, stop him, him, you know. Because okay. not only did okay. you run in your, your thing, you know, so many other accomplishments definitely by us that was had by that was just overshadowed by that. Like, you're right. Like, uh, the whole crew, production crew was black. The right. whole production crew was black, and it never happened. So they didn't even get to talk about that. Uh, yeah. I didn't find it out because he was on a talk show. But they didn't even get to talk about that because he would have been slapped the man. So it's no, like, no, what? The, the whole thing was over. He not only ruined his night, but a lot of other people's night. And then when they told yeah. asked him to leave, he didn't leave. Then when they asked yeah. the Oscar people asked him to leave, he didn't even leave. So you know what? Stop having sympathy for stupidity and everybody pray for him because he needs counseling. And that's all I can do for him is to pray that yeah. he go get some counseling because there's some that is needed. So I'm in with, all right, I'm let me, with let my topic. Let, right, let, me, let, me, let me step in real quick. We have three minutes left. Momo B has put her hand up so she wants to get in on it. Good morning, Momo. What's going on? Good morning, Momo. Oh, good morning. Good morning, ladies. Vanessa, Jackie, and Jay. Good morning. <laughs> oh. All right, Mo, we have three minutes left in this topic, so okay, I'm pretty sure you want to get it. Down. Stop, all stop. three, all okay. three minutes belong to you. Go ahead. What's well, we'll oh, no, no, on your no. mind? I don't need three minutes. I just wanted to um, um, agree with Vanessa that this this little hair disease is is has been a problem for years for women, not only black women, white women, men also. I have a homeboy who told me he had it because he posted a joke. I said that is not funny. Whatever the joke, I don't want to repeat it. But I said that is so not funny. He was like, well, I had it. Okay. He said, I overcome it. I said, okay. So you had it, you overcome it, so now you're going to make fun of it? That don't make no sense to me. What what are you saying? So, um, yeah, just because you had it and overcame it don't mean you could just walk around and joke about it. Now, as far as the Chris Rock thing, I don't think Chris Rock meant any harm by telling her that she needed to do a G.I.J. movie. She needs to. She really do. I bet you she makes – and she's going to have to because Will is out of the picture on doing anything. She needs to step up and make some money for the house. Sure should. The old girl would do a good job in that movie, oh too. I goodness. bet you she would. She sure would. I'm not even joking. You're my, oh, my God. I'm dead ass. I'm, I'm, I'm dead just, serious. Just, yeah, the fact that Will is uh... – she has to bring money into the house. That's the oh my yeah, god reaction. Look, money, look, money, 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 money
but 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 Momo, don't you think Will should have been madder about Jada breaking the news that he was she was sleeping with the twenty nine year old? I think he should. Yeah, Will Will he 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 probably he I'm sure he was mad at that, and I'm sure whatever happened in that house happened in that house. But what I think is that he just was he had built up tension like he wanted to release, and you can release all you want to. But make sure you aim that in the right direction, number one. And number two, you shouldn't be doing it on live TV, stupid. And number three, don't put your hands on people. Like, I don't do that. Like, I, I, I can't say I don't do it because I do. But I don't understand why wow. people do that in a way where yes. you, you got millions of people looking at you. You think I'm going to go up there and hit somebody and millions of people watching me and I got all this money? No, I'm not. I'll have somebody do it for me, stupid. Oh, my don't God. Don't do that. Okay. Well, you said I had three minutes, and you still interrupted okay. me. But, oh, I know. Three uh, minutes are up. Yeah. Three minutes are I up. Know. It's time to go. Three minutes go fast. I know, especially when like you are. All right, we're stepping out. It is time for part one of Marianna Music's Corner. No more B can hang out as she wants to continue the conversation oh, on the other side. You listen. <laughs> You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, 347-850-1272. My goodness, we'll be right back after this. Today, nearly one in five Americans are living with a mental health condition, from our children and grandparents to our veterans, coworkers, and neighbors. For all of us, our mental well-being is just as important as our physical health. But unfortunately, most of us don't know how to recognize the signs that someone is in emotional distress. And so many of those who are having difficulty can't get the help they need. Together, we can change this. We can start by visiting changedirection.org and learning the five signs that may mean someone is struggling and needs help. And then it's up to us to show compassion, to reach out, connect, help folks find the hope and the support they need. Together, we can change the story about mental health in America. Together, we can change direction.
Welcome back in three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It is the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two is that call in number. Appreciate you hanging out. It is the second Sunday of the month, which means it is the Sunday morning roundtable where our panelists bring topics to the table. Mr. Elias is off this morning, and so is Mr. Jerome Esprit. Oh, boy, I tell you what, uh, great show so far, uh, a lot to talk about. So I want to bring up something that we definitely need to talk about, and that is the confirmation of the first African-American woman who will sit on the Supreme Court. Now, if you watch the hearings of Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson, uh, the way they treated that woman during, that contra- that, that during those confirmation hearings was appalling. Uh, the fact that Josh Hawley uh, stood there and talked about how he was concerned about her sentencing for, uh, uh, you know, people who uh, possess child porn and, and, you know, and things of that nature. He tried to put out the scenario, basically, that she was soft on pedophiles, which her record was damn near identical as others, you know, judges that Hawley confirmed, that he approved, that he voted for. So once again, it's this grandstanding that these Republicans do to try to get the attention. And let me tell you something. You know, we talk about this on this show all the time, how, you know, people say, well, Democrats have to do a better job of getting the message out. I mean, you know, and, and I hear people say that, but I watch a lot of, uh, of the cable uh, news, uh, you know, programs. And Democrats are saying all the right things. But it's like the conversation we had here a few weeks ago about the news. People say, well, you know, they need to start showing more happy things on the news. If they show more happy things on the news, the news, the ratings of the news are going to go down because nobody wants to see that. People want to see a train wreck. People like controversy. That's just the way we're built. So it doesn't matter. The, the Democrats can yell from the top of the mountains that, hey, you know, look at the unemployment. It is down, right? The Democrats can say, look, you know, look at what's going on. This guy has had the most job growth in the, in, in, in the short period of time he's been in office than any other president in the, in the, in the of this nation. But nobody hears that. What they hear is, oh, my God, she, what? She, 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 oh, she's soft on, on pedophiles. You know, Marsha Blackburn, ask her, what's the definition of a woman? I mean, what kind of damn question is that to ask a Supreme Court nominee? What was, what's your definition of a woman? And then when she said, well, um, I'm not really sure if I can, oh, so uh, the definition of a woman is so <laughs> radical that you can't answer it? Hey, no. What, she, what she's trying to but what, what, so what she was, the reason why she couldn't answer, because she was trying to give you the scientific uh, definition of what a woman is. She said, I'm not a biologist. And then Ted Cruz stands up there and says, well, you know, if I'm a woman. I mean, it, it, this stuff that we're seeing at this level is ridiculous. And three Republican senators voted to confirm her. And, you know, I always say this. A Republican is a Republican is a Republican, but we have to stop looking at it through the lens of, well, if you don't vote for us or if you don't believe in what we believe in, you're racist. I just think we have to look at it from a different perspective, saying, okay, if you're a Republican and you are voting for something, there are Republicans that just have a different point of view, and it's okay to have two political parties in this country. 
for balance. You have to have it. it. You know, Vanessa, here's your favorite saying. That's why Baskin Robbins have 33 flavors. People have different opinions on things, and it's good to listen to the other side. But when you're having these conversations and, you know, I mean, Josh Hawley knows better. He's a smart man. He knows better. But he's playing to a base. Ted Cruz, I think he knows better, too. They're playing to a base. Marjorie Taylor Greene, not so much. Okay, so no, but see, Vanessa, these people, Vanessa, Vanessa, these people are not dumb folks. These people have degrees on top of degrees on top of degrees. You can't tell me that they really believe a lot of this stuff. What they're doing is playing politics, and that's what it's all about. And they're playing it at a most at, at a critical time in our nation where it could really have an adverse effect to set this nation back. To ask this woman about. You know her sentencing when it comes to pedophile. I'm, I'm, I, I can bet everything I own that they knew that her record is in line with her sentencing guidelines are in line with other justices that they've they've confirmed in the past. I'll you know, and, 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 and Lindsey Graham, and Lindsey Graham, that crap, you know, that that nonsense he's done. You know, he voted for her the first time when she went to the to the D.C. court, which is a step below the Supreme Court. Then all of a sudden, oh, uh, you know, these people, I mean, my God, do you have no shame? No, you know, come on. Where's the dignity at? None. They have none. Zilch. They could care less. It's all about lining their pockets. It's all about staying in power. It's just crazy what we're seeing at that level. Go ahead, Vanessa. No, I was just saying that some of the same people that voted against her for this, as Republicans, voted her into the position that she has now. So how did you vote her into that position? But then you are talking about her and questioning her like a crazy person for this position. So I just think that all of that's just insane to me. And they just mad because they really don't want a black woman in that position. But you got white women in that position, so it's time that a black woman who is just as, you know, educated as Zimbabwe, or if not more, is in that position. And I just don't understand why they're trying to take this country back 50, 60, 70 years. Um, they're just taking us back. And so I am I am pleased that we have an, an, an overwhelmingly happy, just that we have a black woman in that position. But for them to get us, and walk out as she was getting confirmed was so disrespectful, so tasteless, that it just makes me be like, God, to know a Republican right about now would just make me sick, to know that, you know, you did that, and you're in my, you know, like what I'm saying is the people who have to vote them in, the people who they, their constituents, I wonder what they think about those people walking out on that. Because I don't think all Republican, Jay, I don't think everybody that's a Republican is against her being put in the position. I really don't. And so, I mean, I've been hanging out with some new Republicans that I actually really like. I don't know how my travel friends are all Republicans. I just don't get it. Um, <laughs> but they are, you know, they're very happy about it. And they're not, you know, they, they're just, Wonder why some of the stuff is going on just like we are. And they're probably true. So Yeah. 
What about you, Mo? Oh, I just think that they just – look, the getting out, getting up and walking out, that's just a – you shouldn't do that. You're supposed to be a, a, some people of some standards, whether you're Democrat or Republican. <clears throat> Have some standards. You don't get out and walk out just because it didn't go your way. You don't do that. You sit there and, and clap or not and just sit there and chill. Like, this is crazy to me. I don't like the disrespect. I don't like it. Every time somebody of color get um, wins something, you see the disrespect blatantly. I'm tired of that. They need to check themselves. We don't do that to them. We might not clap, but but we ain't going to just get up and walk out. Like, what's wrong with you? We got enough right. going on. Everybody just, this is a, this is a whole political party. Somebody's got to win and somebody's got to lose. Will you get, get up and walk away because she's like, if she was anybody else, they wouldn't have did all that. You're doing too much. And that's what makes me, I don't know about the rest of the world, but that's what makes me angry. And that's why I don't really rock with people like this. And and here you go, Jay. Oh, if the people, if the news is all good, nobody will watch it. Well, check this out. I stopped watching the news years ago. And it's not because I want to see everything rosy and rosy. There's other things to see. Like things like this, you could see it. You could see some good things in the community. You could see the weather. You could see the traffic. I don't have to see all bad stuff every time I turn on the news. And I would still be a part of it. But because I was seeing all bad stuff, I internalized everything. If somebody got killed last night or on the block of whatever, 100, and every, I take that with me to work. Especially if it's a cop shooting, I'm going to take that with me to work. I'm going to carry it with me. Now, everybody looks on my See in the corner, all angry. I internalize everything, and I'd be mad. I'd just be mad. So I don't want right. to go to work like that. So I just stop watching it. All of it. So how do yeah. you know what's going on with the world, though, Momo? Like I, watch, I watch people's podcasts. I watch podcasts and, and shows like this. Y'all tell me what's going on with the world because I don't want to see all this other stuff. I really don't. And I know people need to be abreast of what's going on in your neighborhood. Yeah, okay. I, I, I need to be abreast. I get that, but I don't need to hear it at 6 o'clock in the morning when I open my eyes. That I don't need. I don't need that to start my day. Well, you know, okay, so, but let's go back and see. We talk about this all the time. You know, ratings, you know, puts money into networks' pockets, Right. I mean, let's just be honest. And so, you know, the reason why, you know, you see on – like, for example, Donald Trump. When Donald Trump got elected, one of the things that I said was I think the news media played a role in it because every time he – you know what? Think about it. When he got elected in 2016, he didn't have a media – he didn't have a decent media operation. He didn't really have any monies for advertising. You know, but every time he stuck his face in front of a microphone, people – you know, the news coverage went to him because he wanted to see what ridiculous and hideous thing he was going to say next. And so he got a lot of free free television time and advertising time because people want to hear what this clown had to say. They want to see it, so then they can criticize it. But you're giving him the platform that he needs, and so all of a sudden, every time you turn around, you know, Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Donald Trump. And so people watch that stuff. And so at the end of the day, when you look at all this, you know, I say this all the time, that people talk about the Republicans and the Democrats having a uh, – um, a uh, uh, messaging issue, and I'm like, what do you mean? They, they, you know, every time you see one on television, they talk about the good things that the administration is doing. 
But you know where everybody want to focus on? Tucker Carlson, you know, praising, uh, uh, you know, Russia or, or, you know, Sean Hannity. And I love the late night comics because Sean Hannity, they played a monologue from him the other day talking about Joe Biden. And everything that he said that was wrong with Joe Biden, you know, the geniuses of of late-night comedy pulled up Donald Trump doing the exact same thing. And it just goes to show the hypocrisy of these people. It's like it's wrong. It's only wrong when someone who I do not agree with says it, right? That's the only time it's wrong. But when a person I say, you know, like Lindsey Graham, let's bring this clown up again. Remember during the 2016 presidential elections, how he talked about how President Trump was a moron, that this guy was, he called him a carnival barker. He said that anyone who listens to this man is ridiculous. Go back and listen to what Ted Cruz said about him. And then fast forward four years later. And then listen to these same people. And this is why I say, Vanessa, they know what they're doing. These same people. You know, I think Lindsey Graham said that, 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 Donald Trump, it was it was on the wasn't he the one that said that this guy was was Lincoln Ness, Abraham Lincoln Ness? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, this is the same Woo! guy that you called an idiot. Uh, no, you know, that's three the years guy earlier. who talked about your mama and your daddy and called oh, that's Cruz. Dog. Look and like yeah, a dog in the face. I can't stand him and Abbott. So, yeah, that's what, and now they're kissing Trump's behind and trying to be like Trump so they can get reelected. It's like, really, this world is this world is in bad shape, I tell you. It, it is. It is. It is. What's right, and sometimes I remember, you know, earlier, you know, shows two or three years ago, I get into it with people on the show because, folks, uh, you know what, you know, we talked about, I remember when we did a segment on the pound cake speech back before Bill Cosby got in trouble, and everybody was coming at me, and I'm like, look, you know, the bottom line is you have to call, you can't sit here and turn the other eye because people that you love are involved in this type of stuff. You have to call it straight up. You just can't, because then you become hypocritical. You like the rest of them. If if there if there are young African American men in my neighborhood that are doing things they shouldn't be doing, I'm going to call them out on it. I can't say, well, oh, it's good for them to do that because they black. No, you have to call it a spade a spade. Yes. Call it, J. Rob. Call it. You cannot Thank just you. say what white people are doing. Oh, or the black person did it. Oh, well, the white person did it, so he should be able to get away with it. You can't right. do that. No. You cannot. So you no. better speak, Jerry Rob. You better speak. You can't. Tell You're us. wrong for doing it if you do it. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back after this. That's the serious side continues. Said, y'all. That's Jerry Rob. Bam, say it again, Vanessa. <laughs> Online radio at its best. <laughs>
Welcome back in 347-850-1272. It is the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best, of course. I am Jay. Thank you guys for being a part of what we do every Sunday morning. Oh, man, it's just a beautiful day in the neighborhood. We hope you guys are enjoying uh, your neighborhood. Of course, at this time of the show, we always take this opportunity to say hello to some people. I want to say hello to uh, Mr. Elias, who's out and about. Hope, he got, hope he's having a good time doing what he's doing. Mr. Jerome is free as well. What's happening, brother? Hope everything's going well with you. But let's say good morning to the peeps that's in the house. My big sisters in the house. What's up, Vanessa? Good morning, everybody. It's a beautiful Palm Sunday in Houston, Texas. It is, it is. And my other sisters in the house, that other one. You know, you got the sister that wears a white, and you have the sister that wears a red. What's up, sister red? No more bees in the place to be. <laughs> hey, the ladies, the ladies, the ladies, over the down. Say, 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 say. That was my jam. I was jamming. <laughs> okay, well, I'm glad we met uh, your approval for the music this yes, morning. We'll say you what's do. up to the people. Thank Who you, Vanoma. You know, I try my best when it comes to you. Two thumbs up. Thank you yeah. so much, sweetie. All right, I want to say what's up to the people uh, that's listening in our chat room. You know how it is when Mr. Elias is not in the house. We don't open the chat room. And I'll be honest with you, I tried to open it, but it's not opening for me. So I want to say what's up to everybody that's out there. And in fairness, 
I will just say hello to everybody without, uh, you know, we try to be equal around here. We can't reach the chat. We can't reach the people that's on social media. So we just try to keep it even-handed. But we know you're listening. Aww. We want to say good morning and thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of what we do. Y'all uh, it's the second Sunday. The chat room. I need to start running it because I be here doing nothing. I need to start running it. But how much is the pay for that? <laughs> It was the same salary you got doing the Jay Ryle show. How about that? <laughs> Ain't nothing has changed. Labor is hard, girl. Labor is hard. All right. We're having a good time this morning. A little bit off script, but hey, listen, we're having a good time. Having to, you know, Talking to you guys every Sunday is always a wonderful thing, and we really appreciate you being here because you don't have to be here, but you are here, and that's always a wonderful, wonderful thing. Now, I am going to make an announcement. Uh, next Sunday is Easter Sunday, and I'm thinking that uh, people need to be in church on Easter Sunday. So um, mm. we'll see how it goes. Well, some of us anyway. Uh, we'll oh. see how it goes. <laughs> next week, we may get the show started. Then Mr. Elias is taking on home, but I get out of here and uh, go get that once a year blessings that I definitely need to get. You too, Momo B. Get your butt in church. No, because no, I'm tired of people talking about me. I'm tired of people talking about I'm me when I show up. people, Jay. What, what is it? What, okay, give me that. Give me those. Uh, what is it again? C I C M E Christmas Mother's Day and Easter people. And all the time they go to church, Christmas Mother's Day. You see, you see, he's starting already. I don't. I'm not showing up for that. I, I got better things to do than be talked about in church. Oh, you I need to worry about what. You need to worry about what Jesus is thinking <laughs> about you, girl. You ain't worry about what Vanessa talking about. No pastor gonna be talking about y'all. I know yeah, that's right, too. I'm one of the people. I'm one of those yeah, well, you are. Well, I'm only one of those people because of the fact of the pandemic. Because oh. before, I would leave here right after the church, and I would still get to church. And, then, you know, I still have another hour and a half to go. But you now that they get out of there early, so it's, by the time I get there, it's over. So it's like, okay. So, But anyway, we have to make some arrangements and do what we have to do. All right. So as we continue to have conversations, we were talking about the judge the last segment, and it kind of dovetailed into – you know, the state of politics. And, you know, I want to kind of keep it in that arena because, you know, in Michigan this past week, four people who conspired, listen to this now, conspired to take the governor of Michigan to kidnap her and eventually kill her. Those four guys, they were acquitted. Wow. Yes. I cannot believe it. They were yes. acquitted yes. of the crimes. What kind of world so, do we live in? What kind I of have world do no we live in that the governor to kidnap and kill the governor? Jay, Jay, I screamed when I heard that. I, I can't believe it. I have no idea. I have I no idea. So, so, so here's the question, I guess. If they were black. No, if they were black, they would have, they still would be in jail. They wouldn't have even got, oh my God, if they were black, they would get life. I know. But, but here's the bigger question. So, so, and this is something that one of my friends asked me about. And I said, you know, you, didn't, you need to bring this up on your show. And I said, well, we've talked about it, but we haven't talked about it in detail. Talk about are black Republicans, and you know, we'll bring it up next. No, we'll talk about it today, but I would love to hear from my other two brothers on this thing, and maybe we'll bring it up a little bit tomorrow, on the, next week, or the week after next. But 
you know, is it decision time for black Republicans? Should black Republicans say, okay, look, country over party, and, and it's just time for me, even though I have conservative values, even though, you know, I believe in limited government, it's time for me to say enough is enough. Look how people, colleagues in my party are treating people who look like me. We just talked about how they treated the judge. We just talk, we talk about these four guys who were Republicans against a Democratic governor. They want to take her hostage. They were going to kill her. Two of the guys, they, were, they interviewed people that were a part of the posse, and they said, yeah, that's exactly what we're going to do. And a jury came back deadlocked? Baby, where baby, are we going baby, as a baby. nation? Where are we going? This stuff is, let me tell you something. This stuff is critical. People say all y'all do is bitch and complain. Ching, ching. This is critical, what's going on here. Because if someone can't look at something just through a straight lens, what, how is it okay for you to plot to kidnap the governor of Michigan and plot to kill her. You have people that's a part of that militia saying that's exactly what they were going to do. And you have a deadlock jury? I mean, listen to that. We have a deadlock jury. But yet still, O.J. Simpson stopped somebody from walking out of a hotel room in Las Vegas, and they convicted him on kidnapping charges. I mean, this, America, we're in a sad place. And, and people can say what they want to say. I don't give a damn about your political uh, affiliations. You have to say what's right, what's right, what's wrong, and what's wrong. You can't sit here in good faith. And say to yourself, if you are a law-abiding citizen now, because we already know that there are the criminal, criminal, criminal element that lives amongst us, and they're going to be who they're going to be. That's just them. But what's sad is when you have people that are supposedly law-abiding citizens coming to these conclusions. We're heading down the wrong path. And people can sit there and say that we're tripping, that we're, you know, we're, 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 oh, you guys are sending all these false messages, all these false alarms. These are not false alarms, folks. This stuff is very, very real. And so now by them acquitting these people, guess what? It's open season. Well, man, they didn't get them. Well, let's go get, let's go get the governor of our state. They didn't get convicted. That's why people talked about Donald Trump when all that stuff was happening in 2017 and 2018, all these young white men with tiki torches talking about Jews will not replace us. People talked about that because they said, guess what? Donald Trump was giving them cover. That's why the Proud Boys were like, Proud, let's stand out. We have a president that's giving us marching orders. Can you see how, folks, can you see how that's wrong? I'm just asking a simple question. Can't you see how that's wrong? Regardless of if, if you support his politics or not, Liz Cheney, mm -hmm. look at what she's doing. She voted 95% of the time with Donald Trump. But she said this past week that she's going to do, do everything in her power to prevent him from ever occupying the Oval Office again. Now, let's flip the script. 
Mitch McConnell, who said he, everything that he said about January 6th, he meant it, that the president calls it, there's no place for it in our politics. But then when asked, would he support Donald Trump if he was the Republican nominee, he said yes. He said it is not unusual for him to support standard bearer of his party. And when the reporter pressed him on it, he says, where is your political moral line? Where is your moral line when it comes to this? He said, I have no problems with my moral red line. Because I didn't vote, you know, the people voted for this person to represent our party. And I have to fall in lockstep. And he said it with a straight face, folks. And you wonder where we are when it comes to politics. You know, Vanessa, you hang out with these people a lot. Have you ever just sat down and had a conversation, just pulled somebody to the side and said, help me understand why you support this man? You like me. We hang out together. We do camping together. We do all these things together. But how can you support this man when you know some of the things that he represents? This joker that broke every law in the books, they still trying to figure out a way to get his tail in court. And he's blatantly breaking the law. Blatant. But yet still they support him. Have you ever had a conversation with him, just a heart-to-heart, Vanessa, just to see what makes him tick? So it's two or three couples that I do hang out with. Mama B was laughing in the background. Yeah, they all know I hang out with Republicans, and it's all good. Uh, because the Republicans can go and travel and do what I do. So I'm good with that. But, yeah, and then, and then I, you just said a, a few minutes ago, I got new Republican friends. I was laughing at that, too. You go, girl. I got one one new one. Yeah, we just met. Yeah, you met her. We were on the ship <laughs> together. When, we, when, you we were on the ship with me when I met her. Anyway, she was on a scooter like me. Remember this, the lady that was white lady was on a scooter like me? Anyway. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I remember. She I remember. is a Republican, but she's a Republican, and I don't bring it up and ask them what make a tick because Donald Trump was out of was out of office, and so I didn't ask her did she vote for Donald Trump. I just assume that they are being in Oklahoma, but she does have Democratic views because there are things that she says that makes me say, oh, she must be either liberal when she vote for what works for her. Or she kind of leans toward Democrat. But her husband, when we get into a conversation, leaves or doesn't say anything. So I I think he's Republican and he's straight up Republican. So I don't know. We don't just sit down and discuss stuff because with my other friends, I had to call Les. And I said, Les, I really, really like these people, but they're straight up Donald Trump. What do I do? So I called Les. And Les was like, Vanessa, uh, either you are going to just either separate yourself from them or not hold a conversation with them regarding politics. So not only did I just ask Les, I asked my daughter, who is my conscience, Jessica. We know these people are Republicans. We have decided that we will not talk politics at all, period, whatsoever, because they're but they But we are alone. So I don't know, uh, Jay. Some Republicans do... Uh, side with Democratic views. And then I have some other friends that are straight up Republican that we can't even discuss politics. And I'm going to do a two-week cruise with them next year. 
and I look forward to it. So, you know, I don't know. We know with them, we don't talk politics at all, none whatsoever, because we'll be fighting. Uh, but the other ones, it seems like they might be Republican, but they do have Democratic views, because I don't bring any of it up. My daughter said, Mama, don't bring any of it up. And if they bring it up, then you respond. So, And that's what I do. Because, you know, once they piss me off, it's on and popping. So I, yep. I like them. I like them. And so I try not to bring up that conversation, Jake. Right, I, just, I just didn't know what. You ready? Huh? What you say? You ready for the fight? I can tell. <laughs> no. Thank you, Bobby. No, I, I would have to bite my tongue, Momo, because I really do like them. We have a great time traveling together on cruises. The other ones, I cruise, play bingo out of town in Vegas, and fish with them. So I really, I like them enough, Momo, where I'm going to the other side of the world with them. I'm going to Iceland mm-hmm. and stuff with them. So they're straight up Republicans, but I do like You better like talk to them on the way back. They, we, look, we're going to take the ship in New York, so I'll be up there I, with you. But I, I know, I bro. Just, you better talk to them on the way back. That's what I do with people. You ain't put me off no damn ship. <laughs> oh, no, they're not going to put me off the ship. But uh, the other couple, Jay, that was with you, they are from Oklahoma, and I think that for sure the husband is Republican. He doesn't talk politics at all, no, whatsoever. But the wife gets into conversations with me, and I let her bring it up. I don't bring it up. I let her bring it up, and we go from there. And and so I think she's a Democrat, and he's a Republican. That's what I think. But I don't know. I try not to bring it up, Jay. You ask me, what do I do? I try not to bring it up. I want to have friends to travel with because black people don't travel like I do. But is that the but is that the right thing to do? I mean, is it? I mean, because yeah, if you don't bring it up, does it mean you condone it? I mean, okay, but but if you don't bring it up, I don't have to have I don't have to have the exact same political views with you to be friends. It was very difficult when Donald Trump was in office, and I knew they were Trumpsters. It was very, very difficult to hang out with them. But you know what? When COVID came and they say lockdown in your house, there wasn't any black people that was out there on the beach with us with the travel trailers. So you have to know where your friends and stuff are. And so to me, okay, they see, are my friends. Okay, but, okay, but, but see, now you just, okay, so now you just answer my question. Huh? You just, what? you just, you basically, okay, you are a prime example of what I'm, what I'm talking about. Right. The fact okay. is that, you, okay, because you're friends with people that, that supported Donald Trump, right? Now, and so the question is, and that's the million dollar question. How you like for? I'll use me for an example. Easy E. Everybody know Easy that 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 frequents the show. Mr. Elias, him and him and Mr. Elias has this three year war that's been going on. You know, and I talked about doing one of the episodes how. Easy and I, he's one of the few listeners that actually has my personal phone number that I can have a conversation with that I talk to off the air and that I really like him as a person. But then when I realized that he was in this Trump camp and 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 I was like, my God, you know, I mean, I like the guy, but my goodness, if you and, and I still like Easy, so I'm torn. So I guess, man, we're way over. Um, we're way over. Let's just continue, and we'll just do our final thoughts. We're not going to do Pastor Steve today. Uh, I'm sorry. Jay, um, you have to pick we'll, your friends based on your life. Not based, you have to pick 
friends based on your life and not necessarily based on well, politics. But wait a minute. My life, but wait a minute, Vanessa, my life is 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 contingent. I'm not going to say the word contingent is not a good, good word. But my life, there are people, my life represents so many people that looks like me. So how can I sit here and say, well, it's almost like we're saying, well, it's not really affecting me directly, so I'm going to turn the blind eye. And I can't do, do you that. you say that when your doctor's a Republican? Do you, do you have that thought? My doctor's not a Republican. Not Republican. Well, my doctor's not huh? a Republican. My doctor's not a Republican. But this goes back okay, to the well, bishop. But this goes back. Doctor, so you lucky I'm you with you, Vanessa. I, I'm with you, Vanessa. I'm going to tell you why. Because this is something that we've talked about here on this show as well. It's about as far as I remember us having a conversation about spending money with people that, that, that support Donald Trump. And so, you know, some of the bigger me, Mr. Elias, got to a huge argument about this on the show. It's like all the big major brands, like he, he threw in my face Home Depot. Because you know I like to, you know, that's what I do. So I'm at Home Depot. I have 15,000 Home Depot uh, checks, uh, receipts around here. He said, well, you you go to Home Depot. So that guy there is a Trumpster. You know, and it's like, it's like, you know, so I said, what's the solution, right? Because the solution is folks like me need to get places like that so I can freak with them. But they're not in place. So if they're not there. Do I not do the things? I mean, so it's it's. I get it. It's That's a right, tough, Jay. tough situation to be in. It is. That it is. is. Right, it really and truly is. That's but because you That's for professional choose. services, Vanessa. That's for services. Yeah, but that's My not for services. Apples and oranges. So yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, because if I had a friend that's a Trumpster. Then, you know, I, I really, and I have some friends that are Trumpsters and I have not talked to since that guy became president, and I haven't talked to him since. I've kind of disconnected from them because I can't, that's like, let's say a Barack Obama was a person that supported uh, the Black Panthers kicking indoors and shooting white folks. I, I can't support that. I can't support that. Right? I mean, I just can't do it. No matter what he does for my people, I can't support it. Jay, it's still just, it's always going to be that world, Jay. So if you really, really like those people, I mean, as a person, and you take politics out of it, then you, they, they can be your friends. Because you can't base somebody who got your back on religion. And I truly believe, because they were out there with me with COVID when they said, stay away from each other, don't breathe. We were all out there together. We distanced ourselves, but there was only 20 people out there. But they said, come over with us and we're going with you. We're going to pull next to your campsite and we're going to distance. You cook one tonight, I cook another. And we just, I could walk past their campsite and hear Fox News. They could walk past mine here, CNN. But we agreed not to talk politics. So if those people really are just, you know they don't hate black people when they're dragging from the back of the car, but they like Donald Trump, to me, I just had to choose. I just had to choose. It's like choosing religion. It's like you or an atheist if you don't believe in God. So, you you know, I would normally run from you because when lightning strikes, I don't want to be there. But that's when you make a decision. Should I not be friends with him because he don't believe in God? He the one got the answer, not me. So I, I've just had to, Stuff. I've had to, for me, Vanessa, I've had yeah. to grow up a little bit and talk to the Lord about decisions that I make. Mm. And so that's, that's my that's decision. Tough. 
All right, let's take, let's take a quick. Let's take. That's tough. It is. Let's take a quick break, and then we'll come and finish it out. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Wow, tough. The third phase of a major initiative to connect residents of the Navajo Nation to the electric grid has begun. Ryan Heintzis of member station KNAU reports that workers from around the country plan to provide power to about 300 homes on the reservation for the first time. Volunteers from 17 utilities and other organizations in 11 states have resumed work on Light Up Navajo. The 10-week project is a partnership between the Navajo Tribal Utility Authority and the American Public Power Association. It's funded through grants, donations, and volunteer work and can install electricity for about a fifth of the typical cost. The first phase of Light Up Navajo connected 230 homes to the grid, but it was put on hold during the COVID-19 pandemic. It's part of a broader push to bring electricity, water, and high-speed internet to many rural areas. It's estimated that more than a quarter of residents on the Navajo Nation lack power in their homes. For NPR News, I'm Ryan Heinches in Flagstaff. Hundreds turned out for a rally this weekend in Plymouth, Massachusetts, showing their opposition to a proposal to dump wastewater into the ocean from the decommissioned Pilgrim nuclear power plant. Tom O'Reilly is a lobster man in the region he fears for the fishing industry. We have 60 uh, full-time commercial lobstermen here. We have the oyster farms and everything. It's just too much at stake. Some residents and business owners are considering filing a lawsuit against Holtec, the owner of the station. Holtec says no decisions have been made and that there are other options, including trucking the wastewater to an out-of-state facility. I'm Giles Snyder, NPR News. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Harvard Business Review, bringing some of the best minds in business to topics from diversity in the workplace to returning to the office. Get unlimited access starting at less than $9 per month at hbr.org slash NPR. All right, folks, it is time for our final thoughts. Um, and ladies, the first around here, Vanessa, give me your final thoughts. My final thought is, I got eight minutes till. Oh, my God, am I really late for church? Yeah, eight minutes till. Okay, so my final thought is, is that we just all need to be prayerful. We all need to take yeah. whatever it is to God before we make a decision yeah. on what it is we want to do. And yes, I, I do believe that, that God has given me some growth to be able to right. separate myself, that I have found mm-hmm. that I have white friends that are Republicans that are better to me than some of my own relatives. And that is the truth. Sure. Because yeah. white people are not judgmental and, and mean to you because you are doing well or because you, you're out there living your best life, let me put it like that, where family is jealous and ignorant. So I say, for me and my house, I'm going right. to walk with the Lord what God tells me to do. And right about now, right. my better friends are my white Republican friends. They're better to me than my own family is because we are living right. our best life and they don't like it. So yeah. um, all I can say mm-hmm. is I'm trying to do what is told to me in my spirit through the spirit. Right. And uh, mm-hmm. y'all need to pray for this country. And uh, just be, and everybody be thankful that we got a black woman and a higher court. It's not going to necessarily benefit us, but it does just make me feel good to see one up there. Y'all have a blessed week, and, and hopefully I'll talk to y'all Easter Sunday, even though I'm about to leave early. 
But if not, happy Easter or whatever it may bring you guys in the upcoming weeks. Thank you all for listening to us. Thank you, Vanessa. Great words. Momo B, final thoughts? Uh, My final thought is I agree with some of the things Vanessa said, uh, but personally, I choose who I want to be around. And it, 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 it could be anything, but you see who people are when they tell you. So if I go somewhere and some people are uh, Trumpsters, then I have to really step back and realize that, yeah, they don't mean me any well. They might have something else in common or, or I might benefit from this and being friends with them or whatever. But the bottom line is if you had to pick a side and you may have to one day, then I want to be around people who's down for what I'm down for. The same way where I, I, I'm myself, I'm my own person. So people might not even want to deal with me because of what I do and what I believe in. They might not want to deal with me either. So I, Momo B, if you're not down <laughs> for whatever, I, 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 I'm just going to be by myself. I'm a loner. So I, I'd rather be by myself than hang out with people who I think quote unquote are my friends and then when the time comes oh whatever happened to Elizabeth oh I thought she was yeah she was nice when she was nice but now the time has come where I have to part ways with Elizabeth I don't want dumb people around me certain things I just don't want around me and and it's sad but true I'm not going to hang around with Elizabeth because she's got this going like we have something in common but we have a stronger thing that we don't even agree on I can't deal with people like that. I just can't. Even if I choose mm-hmm. not to talk about it, we agree not to talk about it, I still know how you feel in your heart. And things like this, politics, which I don't like to discuss at all around certain people. But the bottom line is you don't agree with me. And the, and you don't have to. But most of the time, the people who don't agree with you on certain things, they are going to harm you in the end. So I'm, you're not riding with me. you just not. Wow. Strong words from Momo Beasley. My final thoughts are, you know, I, uh, a part of me understands, right? I understand the fact that you're dealing with a situation where people have their own opinions when it comes to politics, when it comes to religion. You know, one of the things I've always said is that when you look at a person, you look at a person for who they are in their soul. I talked about how there are people that I know who support Donald Trump, but at the same time, uh, at the end of the day, you know, they do things a, a different way. Uh, or they may look at Donald Trump and say, well, Donald Trump is this, Donald Trump is that. Let me say this. The one thing I will say about having friends who are, from a political standpoint, on the other side of the aisle, I get it, Vanessa. Because even Easy, I, I, I like Easy. Easy. Easy is a good guy. You talk to Easy, you know, I've had detailed conversations about him. So it's like he's a good, good dude, but, you know, he feels a certain way about politics. Um, I brought up Liz Cheney, how Liz Cheney, you know, every time Liz Cheney didn't vote the way we wanted her to vote, we said it was racist, but now we know it was just the fact that she believed in what she believed in. It's a tough, tough thing to do. It's a tough, tough conversation to have. And, and hopefully in the future, we can continue to talk these things out because that's what it's all about, right? Whew. All right, folks. Well, have a best today's show. We thank you so much for being a part of it. It's been fun. We'll see you uh, next week. This was this was a tough one. I mean, it was, it was good, but it was uh, 
straight to the point. Momo Beasley, thank you so much for being in the house as well. Um, guys, enjoy your work week, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. It's the serious side right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. Take care. Listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.